0: Hello, and welcome to the Teeth of Grace podcast. I'm Sarah Schaefer, and I'm here once again with my good friend, Kathy Loudenberg. It's been a little bit of time, even though we were together on, last, on the last episode. That was something we had previously recorded back in October, and we have both been dealing in January and into February with COVID and different illnesses and all sorts of things that have been going
1: on, right, Kathy? Oh my gosh, you name it, it came. Oh,
0: yeah. Especially for you. Yeah, it's been an interesting 2022, and it's only, as of this recording, February 14th. So, yeah. happy Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, oh, I hadn't thought about that, you too.
0: <laughs> but one of the things that we did talk about in that uh, episode that we posted last week was about arising and a, being awake and shaking the dust off and being ready, taking the chains off of our neck and being ready to go forward in Christ to mm. do what he's called us to do. And I know Kathy today, you have something special to share with us written by Tozer.
1: I just love how the Lord uh, leads us because that's all we want to do is, you know, it's not to share what we want. I. We really want to be faithful to share what's on God's heart. And uh, this this is from the book Be Still My Soul, Embracing God's Purpose and Provision in Suffering. And it's 25 readings from people like Martin Luther and Jonathan Edwards and Tozer and Corey Ten Boom and Johnny Erickson. I mean, it's written by people who have known a lot of suffering. And um, this is a very short one by A.W. Tozer. And I... I'm just going to read it, Sarah, I'm just going to jump in, it's very short, and then maybe we can just expound on that a little bit. Well, let me give you a little background. He's going to talk about Samuel Rutherford, and I looked up some, um, he was born in about 1600 and till 1661, and it, it was said of him, he was always praying, preaching, visiting the sick, writing, studying, and praying and preaching. Just a man of God. He wrote <laughs> copious, copious things. There's 40 editions of the letters that he wrote and he was actually uh, discarded, really discarded by Scotland at the time. He was accused of uh, coming against their religion and he was burned. It cost, it, he was martyred, mm. so, um, but he stood for his faith. It's called Prepared for Usefulness. And here's how it starts. It's from Zechariah 13, 9. I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refines silver. I will test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is my God. It was the enraptured Samuel Rutherford who could shout in the midst of serious and painful trials, Praise God for the hammer, the file, and the furnace. The hammer is a useful tool, but the nail, if it had feeling and intelligence, could present another side of the story. For the nail knows only the hammer as an opponent, a brutal, mercil- merciless enemy who lives to pound it into submission, to beat it down out of sight and clinch it into place. That is the nail's view of the hammer and it is accurate except for one thing. The nail forgets that both it and the hammer are servants of the same workman. Let the nail but remember that the hammer is held by the workman and all resentment toward it will disappear. The carpenter decides whose head shall be beaten next and what the hammer shall be used in the beating. That is his sovereign right. When the nail has surrendered to the will of the workman and has gotten a little glimpse of his benign plans for its future, it will yield to the hammer without complaint. The file is more painful still for its business is to bite into the soft metal, scraping and eating away the edges till it has shaped the metal to its will. Yet the file has, in truth, no real will in the matter, but he serves another master, as the metal also does. It is the master and not the file that decides how much should be eaten away, what shape the metal shall take, and how long the painful filing shall continue. Let the metal accept the will of the master, and it will not try to dictate when or how it's filed. As for the furnace, it's the worst of all, ruthless and savage. It leaps at every combustible thing that enters it and never relaxes its fury till it has reduced all to shapeless ashes. All that refuses to burn is melted into a mass of helpless matter without will or purpose of its own. When everything is melted that will melt and all is burned that will burn then, and not till then the furnace calms down and rests from its destructive fury. With all this known to him, how could Rutherford find it in his heart to praise God exuberantly for the hammer, the file, and the furnace? The answer is simply, that he loved the master of the hammer. He adored the workman who wielded the file. He worshiped the Lord who hated the furnace for the everlasting blessing of his children. He had felt the hammer till its rough beatings no longer hurt. He had endured the file till he had come actually to enjoy its biting. He had walked with God in the furnace so long that it had become as his natural habitat. That does not overstate the facts. His letters and his death reveal as much. Such doctrine as this does not find much sympathy among Christians in these soft, carnal days We tend to think of Christianity as a painless system by which we can escape the penalty of past sins and attain to heaven at last. The flaming desire to be rid of every unholy thing and to put on the likeness of Christ at any cost is not often found among us. We expect to enter the everlasting kingdom of the Father and to sit down at the table with sages, saints, And martyrs and through the grace of God maybe we shall yes maybe we shall but for the most of us it could prove at first a very embarrassing experience ours might be silence of the untried soldier in the presence of battle-hardened heroes who have fought the fight and won the victory and who have scars to prove that they were present when the battle was joined the devil things, and people being what they are, it is necessary for God to use the hammer, the file, and the furnace in his holy work of preparing a saint for true sainthood. It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Without doubt, We of this generation, and Tozer lived from 1897 to 1963. What are we now in 2022? Without a doubt, we of this generation have become too soft to scale great spiritual heights. Salvation has come to mean deliverance from all unpleasant things. Our hymns and sermons create for us a religion of consolation and pleasantness. We overlook the place of thorns, the cross, and the blood. We ignore the function of the hammer and the file. How deeply we've fallen. Strange as it may sound, it is yet true that much of the suffering we are called upon to endure on the highway to holiness is an inward suffering for which scarcely an external cause can be found. For our journey is an inward journey. And our real foals are invisible to the eyes of men. Attacks of darkness, of despondency, of acute self-deprecation may be endured without any change in our outward circumstances. Only the enemy and God and the hard-pressed Christian know what has taken place. The inward suffering has been a great and mighty work of purification purification that has been accomplished, but the heart knows its own sorrow and no one else can share it. God has cleansed his child in the only way he can, circumstances being what they are. Praise God for the furnace. Let's hear that was written by Tozer in 63 and look now, Last week when we were talking, we talked about awake. We talked about crow up and be a burning light. We talked about arise, O oh sleeper, and awake. Um, we talked about shake us, Lord. I, my heart is just um, pounding for the Christians in America today to get serious Mm -hmm. we we've if toser felt that in 63 oh how we how we need the lord to um shake us and refine us and throw us in the fire and use a hammer and the file and the fire and um I, i i hope this is just a it's a plea from the bottom of my heart And I think it's God's heart for his church right now to to awake up. Faith is not this passive, playful, everything's great walk. The race set before us, and hopefully we'll spend a lot of time in Hebrews again, because we just talked a lot about Hebrews the last time. What it cost our forefathers, what it cost Jesus, what it cost his disciples, that who were almost all murdered. So yes. this grow up thing and this um, awake thing, it's so that we can be used. It's mm-hmm. so we are usable to the Lord, so that He can do whatever He wants. For to be prepared for usefulness. The only way we can be useful right now and really have impact in this country, in this lukewarm, passive, passive, everything is fine as long as God gives me everything I want mentality. Oh, Sarah, we're desperate. We're desperate to wake up. We're desperate for God to use the file and the hammer and the fire to uh, wake us up. Hmm.
0: I think what really struck me too is to really endure is to look not at the hammer or the file or the furnace, but to consider the master. Yes. And we had, you're talking about Hebrews 11, and in Hebrews 12, it says, Consider him, consider him yeah. who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted.
1: Consider him right now. Almost, I—I I don't know, eighty percent, ninety percent of the Christian sisters that I know, it's all about fear and it's all about COVID. Not, not in everybody, but, but you're right. It's it's Rutherford got this. He was martyred for it. It's to see Jesus in that garden. Sweating drops of blood for what he was going to purchase for us. Mm -hmm. It's what you said. Concentrate on. If we concentrate on what he endured, if we could really. I know we have some churches have communion every Sunday. We used to as Catholics and I loved it. Um, Many churches, it's once a month, which is too bad. Because to focus on. The Passion of the Christ, and to we should probably watch that movie every year to see him on that cross, to know that his suffering was so bad that he was sweating drops of blood to redeem us, to save us, to save me. I watched the Olympics last night. It, it, it must want it. It should just wake us up to want the gold medal, to right? To be all that he. I want to be all that he saved me for, you know what I mean? Right? Um, so what you said, it's it's to be what he saw in us that he endured that and what he suffered for us. If we're walking with him, that's why Rutherford would was glorious about those three things. I mean, enraptured is the word that Tozer uses. He was enraptured, the enraptured man, because he knew that. He knew Christ that way. He loved Christ that way. He had a sense. And we look back through the martyrs. I, we look back and we, that faith in our country is not this passive, feel good, give me everything I want, faith maybe for a two-year-old, but we're not (laughs) two-year-olds. Right.
0: I watched the American Gospel movie and there was a gal in there who had been in a church that said, basically, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy. Mm -hmm. Then she lost her job and some different things happened and she got really mad at God because he wasn't behaving the way, you know, they had this deal, she thought. And he wasn't doing what he, she thought he should be doing. And so then she actually had the opportunity to really get to know the real gospel and Mm. really get to know the real Christ. Mm. You know, are we willing like Rutherford to take whatever circumstances God puts us in and be able to say, praise God, I really hope that he's growing me into that kind of a believer. I definitely feel like not just having COVID, I had COVID and then one of my daughters caught it. And then my ne- next daughter caught it. So we were sort of all of us stuck in our house for about a month. And this was this crazy time of, and it wasn't that I'm not likening that, that suffering to what, you know, not even a file or a hammer, but it was enough that it just, it's not what I expected. Maybe that's what I could say. It's not how I thought the year would start. It's yeah. not what I expected would happen. And when the unexpected like that happens, And my kids are still, they are still making up work. They'll be making up their work through the end of February and Mm. then they'll probably be caught up. It's crazy. I'm thankful the school has grace with them to be able to take that much time to get caught up because they're of course also trying to keep up. Yeah. But when we come into these circumstances and I think for me to say what you're saying, can I just yield not to COVID, not to the circumstance, but can I yield to the master that's behind that? And in a really practical way, when you do that, then you can almost, then you can breathe and you can go through it in a way that you're not fighting and you're not exerting all this energy against God. I don't know, it's just a different experience when you say, okay, he has me here for a reason. He has my kids here for a reason. Is my husband home for a reason? Um, we're all here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, Sarah, I, that is true. I mean, when we, if we would stop thinking about all of that external stuff, if we just come to the verse, one little verse, we've been bought with a price. Mm. I'm not my own. Right. We're not our own. If we claim to be Christians, And this is hard in this nation because we are free and we are our own and we've always been free to make all of our own choices. So we are at a detriment in America. I've been in communist countries, I've lived there. They don't take this stuff like we do. So we are impoverished because we were born in America. But it is so time to get real. And if we really see him in that garden, and see him on that cross and what it cost him to buy me. Oh, my gosh. We've been bought with a, such a price. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. How mm-hmm. we think, how we, like you said, Rutherford, thank you for the hammer. Thank you for the file. Thank you for COVID. I mean, and i it, it's not this childish thank you. It's this calm and the storm. It's this, it's this. There's no fear in it. There's no, you're, you're, you're his. We did right. a whole thing on being his because I'm not my own. I've been bought. It cost him his life. I've been bought. I'm not my own. I'm his. Mm-hmm. There's Then there's this supernatural exhale. It doesn't matter what hits. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That that puts us on solid ground. I loved this thing by Tozer. Um, And if he felt like we lost that, and that was written in, sixty, he died in 63, the admonition from Rutherford through Tozer to us is like a thousand times more urgent Mm -hmm. now. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for preparing all of that and sharing with us today. Listeners, I hope that this is encouraging to you because we know that big or small, all of us are dealing with some problems. Mm -hmm. And we trust that if you're listening to this and you're with us to the end of this podcast, that you are wanting and longing to know how to go through these trials in a way that isn't the typical, like Kathy says, the typical American or American Christian way. I pray that you are encouraged to press in to Jesus, to consider him today as you don't look at the trial, but the one behind it, the master Mm -hmm. that is wielding the tool. If you Mm -hmm. want to reach out to us, you can reach out to me at Sarah at theteethofgrace.com. S-A-R-A at theteethofgrace.com. Or you can always email Kathy at K-A-T-H-Y at theteethofgrace.com. We would love to hear from you and we'd love to be praying with you. Until next time, listeners, God bless you.